started this series last week called Testify. And really, you know, that, that word there, if you're not familiar with that word, it just simply means that you're going to tell about something that you've experienced, something that has happened in your life, something maybe you've seen happen. And so that's what it means to testify. And so in this series, we're talking about testify the fifth gospel. And you may be asking, what do you mean the fifth gospel? I know the first four books in the New Testament is called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what's the fifth gospel? Well, turn to somebody and say, you, you, you are the fifth gospel. It's all about testifying. It's about sharing our faith, telling your story. And so last week we used this scripture to set up this series. And, and really this scripture is really Jesus' main idea. For all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus' main agenda, if you will, for our lives. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. And it says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother. And they, they were doing something. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Now let me just pause right there for a moment. Jesus is starting the process of what he would do as far as collecting what's called his disciples. And so he's starting this process. He walks by these two guys. They're casting a net into the sea. And Jesus walks up to them and he really states his agenda right off the bat. He says, follow me and I will make you. Notice it's not a lot of uh, uh, you know, kind of idle conversation. What's your name? What do you do? No, no, no. Jesus states his desire right off the bat. Follow me and I will make you. Now, now here's where a lot of times we get it wrong. We seem to think that Jesus' main agenda for us is when he says, follow me and I'll make you. Some people say, well, maybe he's going to make me holy. Make me more spiritual. Make me to want to read my Bible more, to pray more, to go to church a lot more, to give a lot more, to serve a lot more. And all of that is great, and God does help us to do that, but that's not his main agenda for our lives. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. So Jesus says, hey, if you're following me, now that you're caught, here's my main agenda for you, is to show you how to reach other people. That is Jesus' main agenda for our life. And in verse 20, I love what it says here. It says, immediately they dropped their nets and they followed him. It wasn't one of these things where they said, hey, you know, we just kind of need to pray about this. Let me fast about this, Jesus. I'm just not sure. Immediately they drop what they're doing and they're following Jesus Christ. And so as followers of Christ, the main agenda for our lives is to share our faith. To do it immediately. It's not something you need to pray about or think about. This is something God's called us to do. And, and listen, I get it, right? So when I talk about testifying, when I talk about sharing your faith, there's some of you in here, some of you watching online right now, you're like, let's go, baby, charging Hades with a water pistol. Amen? Like, let's make it happen. We're all in. Let's tell somebody about Jesus. So there's some of you that are like that, but there's others of you, and you're like, eh, I'm not sure. You're kind of shifting in your seats a little bit, shifting where you are on your couch right now. And, and you're feeling a little nervous, maybe a little uncomfortable, because you're not sure how to share your faith. And you're like, Pastor, man, I get it. But here's the thing. You don't understand. 
if I share my faith with someone like I don't know enough, I'm not going to win that argument. I mean, pastor, if I share my faith with someone like I'm probably going to convert to what they believe because I don't know enough. And so there's this little bit of an intimidation. But today I want to show you that sharing your faith is easier than you think it is. And I want to give you a verse that's going to kind of set this up. First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. I love the message version of this. It says, but what? But you, turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. But you are the chosen ones of God. Some people will say, well, pastor, man, I come to church and I give my tithes. And, and, and I mean, I do my part, but that's sharing your faith. I mean, look, that, that's your job, pastor. No, it's not. That's not what the scripture says. You are the chosen ones by God. Chosen for the high calling of the priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instrument to do His work. And here's what we're called to do. What? Speak out for Him. And how are we to speak out? Tell others of the night and day difference He has made for you. And so here's what I want you to understand. When it comes to testifying, sharing your faith, you don't have to explain the whole Bible. You don't have to know how Noah got all them animals on the ark and why in the world he put mosquitoes up there. Amen. You don't need to know all that. You don't need to know why Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish. I don't know. Guess what? Here's the thing. You don't have to know. All you have to know is the difference he's made in your life. The difference God has made in your life from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you three things on how to testify. When it comes to sharing your faith, three things you need to know when it comes to testifying. Here's the first thing. We said this last week. Everyone has a what? A story. The first thing you do when it comes to sharing your faith and testifying is you want to share your story. Like, hey, I made a decision to follow Christ, and let me tell you why I did that. And they may say, well, what about this and what about that? I mean, that, that thing in the Old Testament, and the New I mean, there's no way it can happen. Yeah, I'm not sure about all that, but let me tell you why I chose to follow Jesus. And here's the mandate that's on our lives in 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15, this is what we're called to do. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In other words, you need to understand you can't share anything until you've made the decision to put Jesus Christ on the throne of your heart. You can't share anything until you've made the decision to put Jesus on the throne of your heart. And once that happens, here's our mandate. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And listen, when you do that, it's not about winning an argument. It's about winning someone's heart. It's about pointing them to Jesus. How do I do it? With gentleness and respect. And guys, i got to be honest with you. We don't really need much more than that verse to understand this is what God's asked us to do. It's not something you pray about. It's not something you, well, let me pray about it. I don't know. I ask people sometimes, I'm like, hey... You want to serve? You want to help? Well, pastor, I'm praying about it. Why are you praying? Amen. This is what God's called us to do. So you understand that God has called us to do this. And listen, this is one of the greatest things in all of Christianity that you can be a part of. One of the greatest things. Knowing that you played a role in someone making a decision to follow Jesus Christ and altering their eternal destiny. 
It doesn't get any better than that. And, and for me, my favorite part of the service is the end. It's the end. Because I get a perspective that a lot of you guys don't get. Because I'm sitting here and I'm, whether it's doing an altar call, whether it's calling someone to have a relationship with God, but in that moment, I get to see someone encounter Jesus sometimes for the first time. And there may be tears streaming down their face. There may be that, that tense, stressful look on their face. And all of a sudden, there's a peace. There's a calmness that comes over them. And for me, that is the best part of the service. And I want you to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of seeing that and experiencing that. And the way you do it is to share your story. In John chapter 4, it talks about this woman who had a little bit of a decorated past. And so she meets Jesus at the well, and Jesus is telling her about her life. And in that instance, the Bible says she drops her water pots, runs back into the village, and tells everybody what God has done. Tells everybody. So she's sharing her story. She's telling everybody what's going on. And as a result, the whole village comes out to meet Jesus. And can I tell you something? The most powerful way of passing on the message of Jesus Christ is to share your story. Now, when it comes to sharing your story, there's kind of three elements, I think, that make up your story. Here's the first thing you need to share. Share how you realized that you needed Christ. Hey, let me tell you how my life was before all this began. And listen, that's part of your story. Like, that's where you start. Here's the way my life was. Here's what was going on. Here's what was happening. And so the first thing you do is tell them how you needed Jesus Christ. The second thing is you share how you committed your life to Christ. So here's where I was, here's what was going on, and here's what happened for me. Here's what I did. Whether it was at a church, at an altar, whether it was in your car, whether it was in your house, wherever, here's what I did. I accepted Jesus Christ. And then you share the difference He made in your life. Like, man, before I accepted Christ, I had all this going on, and, and, and I, you know, I had this and that and, and troubles, and now that I got saved, doesn't mean that all my troubles went away. Doesn't mean that. But I've got something that I didn't have before, and that's hope. I've got hope. And listen, I'm not saying if you accept Christ that you'll never have a bad day again. Well, likely you're going to have a whole lot more. Amen? But you're going to have something that you did not have before, and that's hope. And in that conversation I'm having with someone, I always get to the point where I look at them and say, man, don't you need some hope? Don't you need hope in your life? Aren't you tired of just going through the motions? Aren't you tired of just going in circles? Aren't you tired of just doing things your own way? Don't you need hope? And so I share the hope that I have. And listen, I think the whole world is asking the question, how do I get hope? How do I get hope? And so you've got to share your story, share the difference that God has made in your life. But then here's the second thing when it comes to testifying. Not only am I sharing my story, number two, you've got to share your church. Share your church. And listen, we made a decision when we started this church that this would be a place where believers and non-believers could come in here together and encounter God where they were. Like right where they were. That's what we wanted this place to be. So we wanted this to be like a welcoming atmosphere. 
So regardless of who you are, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of where you're from, oh, and there's this, regardless of what you look like, amen? It doesn't matter. You could come in here and experience God and be in a welcoming atmosphere. Because here's the thing. If you love your church and if you love this place coming in and and feeling welcome and everybody feels the same way when you come in, you're going to invite people to the church. But if you're going somewhere where, quite frankly, it looks like everybody's sucked on a sour lemon all week, come on, how many of you know you're not inviting nobody? Like, no, man, don't come over there. Let me go where you are. Amen? So this is a welcoming atmosphere. And here's the thing that Jesus has asked us to do. Luke chapter 14, verse 23. Go into the country lanes. Come on, I say Johnston County lanes. Amen? Go into the country lanes. Not only Johnston County, but Wayne County and and Edgecombe County and Nash County. Go into the world, you could say, and urge everyone you find to do what? To come in so that the house will be full. So when we bring people in and you bring people in, listen, one of the things we do is we pray for those that are lost. We pray for those that need Jesus, those that, that really need that encounter and that relationship with them. The second thing we do is show people we care. We show people we care. Can I just say this? Before you share anything about what you believe, you need to show people you care for them. There are people in the world, and this is not in your notes. People are asking three questions. Everybody in the world is asking three questions. The first question people are asking is, can you help me? Can you help me? I don't care nothing about your God. I don't care nothing about the church. I don't care nothing about your faith. Man, my family is jacked up. My kids are jacked up. My finances are messed up. I've got all this stuff. Can you help me? That's what people are asking. The second question people are asking is, do you care about me? Do you care about me? People are looking for somebody who cares about them. The third question people are asking is, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Because we're living in a world. You remember several weeks ago, we were preaching on the end times. And what did I tell you? One of the main signs of the end times is people would be lovers of self. And if people love themselves, guess what? You're not going to trust them. Because they're all about themselves. So everything they do, everything they say is going to be geared towards them. And so we're living in a society where people are desperately wanting to know, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Do you care about me? Can you help me? These are the things people are wanting to know. And so listen, let me just say this. Those of you online, those of you in here, if you're still on the fence about whether this church is for you or not, guys, let me tell you something. I would love to earn your trust. I'd love to earn your trust. One of the reasons why we have the different systems we have in place here at this church is to earn your trust, especially in the area of finances. We really are guarded about that. We really try to be good stewards of all of that. And so one of the things we do, we got different systems in place because we know not only God is watching, but you're watching. 2 Corinthians talks about when it comes to finances, you need to do what's right in the sight of God and in the eyes of man. And so when you gain people's trust, guess what you gain? Their hearts. You gain their hearts. And so again, these are the questions that everybody is asking. And it may take you a little while to develop that kind of relationship with somebody. How many of you know, especially if you've been burned, it takes a while 
to develop trust for someone. If someone has burnt you, if someone has hurt you, you're not going to just so easily give away your trust and give away your heart. So it may take you a little bit of time, but guys, listen to me. It's worth it being a part of someone making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And so again, you got all these things lined up. You invite people to come to one of the services. Make an effort to bring somebody in here. Make an effort to sit beside them. Like if you invite somebody to church... Don't be sitting over here, and they're sitting way over there. Like, hey, no, sit beside them. If you invite somebody to watch online, come tell them. It's like, Pastor, man, they're watching. I see you. Amen. Welcome to church today. So do that, because here's the thing, guys. I think we need to understand this, and we may talk about this a little bit next week, because it is the 4th of July weekend, and that is... For the first time ever, we're living in a post-Christian America. 80%, some of you have heard this statistic before, 80% of people that don't go to church will never go to church unless you reach them one-on-one. Unless you share your faith, unless you testify. So we've got 80% of people that say, I'm not going to church unless one of the believers reach out to me. But 20% of people say, They never share their faith. 52% of millennials say it's a total waste of time to share your faith. These statistics are staggering. And yet this was Jesus' main idea for you and for me. To share our faith. It goes back to the scripture where Jesus says, Hey, the harvest is white, but the laborers. Where are the laborers? Where are those who are willing to? To share their faith. So again, when it comes to testifying, you've got to share your story. Share your church. Here's the third thing. You've got to share Jesus Christ. Share Jesus Christ. And let me just say this. There's two things that everybody needs to know about Jesus. Two things. Kind of an A-B, if you will. The first thing everybody needs to know, and it sounds so simplistic, but it is so true. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Yeah, well, what about this and what about that? Hey, I don't know all that. Don't have all the answers, but here's what I know. God loves you. John 3, 16, he loved you so much. He sent his only son to die for you. And if you'll just believe in him, you don't have to perish. You don't have to go to a place called Hades. You don't have to go there. Why? Because he paid your bill. He paid your debt, and you can have eternal life. Well, what about Noah? I don't know. What about Jonah? I don't know. What about the the red ashes of the heifer in the Old Testament? I don't know, but here's what I know. God loves you. God loves you. And let me tell you why it's so important that you tell people like this. It's because everybody on the planet, I don't care if they're saved or not saved, the spirit part of them is trying to reconnect with the spirit of God. That's trying to happen. And every person is made in the image of God. And God is having a conversation with them. Do you realize that? That when God puts you in someone's path and you share your faith, you share your testimony, guess what? That's not the first time that they're hearing about this. God has already been having a conversation with them. All you're doing is joining in the conversation. That's all you're doing. So we testify. God loves you. Here's the second thing people need to know is that he has an incredible plan for your life. He has an incredible plan for your life. 
Pastor, man, that sounds so simplistic. That sounds so cliche. No, it's not. That is nothing but the truth. God loves you and He has a plan for your life. And listen, the reason why your life is so messed up right now is because of what John chapter 10 verse 10 says. The devil. The devil. There is an enemy of your soul and his job is to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus came not just to save you but to give you life and have life to the full. God loves you. He has a plan for you. Well, what about this? I don't know. What about that? I don't know. What about, could it really happen? I don't know. But here's what I know, friend. God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. Well, man, you know, I don't think I want that right now. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. But here's what you need to know. God's love for you will never change. Never change. And listen, I don't have all the answers that you're looking for. But here's what I know. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And if you ever like to talk about that, man, I'd love to talk to you. As simple as that. It's sharing your story. Sharing your church. Sharing Jesus Christ. And you say, well, pastor, why do people need to know that God loves them and he has a plan for their life? Let me give you three reasons right now. There's three parts to the salvation story. Okay? Three parts. Number one, everybody has a problem. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Everybody has a problem. People don't experience God's love. They don't experience this incredible plan for their life because something's in the way. There's there's this blockade and it's called sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's this chasm. There's this ditch in between us that's separating you and God. And guess what? You can't bridge the gap. You and I can't do that. We can't bridge this gap. Why? Because of sin. Sin cannot enter in the presence of God. It can't. And so we've got to deal with the sin issue. So how do we deal with this sin that keeps us separated from God? How do we deal with it? Well, the payment for sin is death. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. That's kind of a catch-22, right? Because I want to go be with God. I want to spend time in His presence. But I've got this sin in the way. And so this sin is keeping me from being with God. So, so I have to die. Well, if I die in my sin, guess where I'm not going to be? In the presence of God. So how do I deal with it? Romans 6.23 doesn't end there. There's a second part of that. The wages of sin is death, but God says, hey, I've got a gift for you. This is what I'm going to do for you. There's eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everybody has a problem. Here's the second thing. There's a solution to the sin problem. There's the solution. The only reason why people are separated from God is because of sin. So what's the solution? Romans 5.8. God demonstrates His love towards us this way. While we were still sinners, while we got this debt, this bill, we can't pay. What did Jesus Christ do? He died for us. And that's great news. Because we don't have to pay the debt. We don't have to pay for the sin. Jesus is the one, the only one, who stepped in and said, I'll pay your bill. I'll pay for your sin. That's why Acts chapter 4 verse 12. I love this verse of scripture. Salvation is found in no one else. 
For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. John chapter 1 verse 12. To all who believed in him and accepted him. What did he do? He gave them right to become children of God. Well, pastor, how, how do I accept Jesus? Romans chapter 10 verse 9. You declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. There's a problem. The problem is sin. There's the solution. The solution is Jesus. But then there's one more thing. There's the response. The response. Revelations 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and dine with him and he with me. Kind of my version of that is God will mess with you. You ever had God mess with you before? He will mess with you. He'll knock on that door. He'll knock on that door. And for some of you, Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've, you've come in here and maybe it's the first time you've been into a church in a while. Maybe you've been here for a long time, but there's distance there. There's a chasm. There's a ditch there. There's separation there. And God is knocking on your heart. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, isn't it about time that you open your life to me? Isn't it about time that you give me Complete control and authority of your life. Isn't it about time to give him your life? You understand that God has ordained for you. And he's put people in your path for you to share your story with. Remember last week I told you it's almost like you've got the cure to this incurable disease. And you know that you have the cure. That would save thousands upon thousands of people. And think about how awesome that would be. But yet think about how sad it would be. To know that you've got the cure. But you're not willing to share it. You've got the cure. To eternal death. And that's Jesus Christ. And he loves you. And he cares for you. And friend, you have a story. Is it my story? Absolutely not. Is my story yours? Absolutely not. It's your story. It's personal to you. And this is the mandate that God has put on our lives. So the question I want to leave you with is how are you doing with it? Are you in the 20%? 20% of the people say they rarely ever share their faith. Maybe you're, maybe you're kind of in the, the millennial percentage. The 52% say it's a total waste of time. Really? This is the mandate God put on your life. In my life. And if you've come into the house today. And you're searching for something. Friend, can I tell you something? The answer is Jesus. It's Jesus. Does that mean everything's going to be great? And your life's going to be rosy? And, you know, if you're a man, you're going to be able to go home. And, 
Your wife's all of a sudden just going to start washing dishes and rubbing your feet and all that. Doubtful. Amen. Ain't going to happen. But here's what you're going to have. You're going to have hope. You're going to have hope. You're going to have something in your heart. There's a flame that burns over the top of your heart. Guys, can I tell you something? I want to be real with you about something. I'm leaving first thing in the morning. And I'll be in Oklahoma this week. I'll be here next Sunday. I know it's 4th of July week. If you're going on vacation, that's fine. We have services online. But I'd love to see you here. I'm going to be back here for you. I have a lot of training I'm going to be doing this week. Training for church planters. You guys know that's one of the things that, that I do. And I was thinking about something to say to these church planners that are constantly coming to me and talking to me. And I think one of the things that I would say, and, and I would say to you, I can't think of any better time in the history of the world to be a carrier of the gospel than right now. Than right now. We are on the cusp of something. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow. He's coming back soon. But I believe the church is being poised for something amazing. For such a time as this. Can't think of any better time than right now to know that you are the carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No other time in history. It's great, and man, praise God for these individuals. But I think right now, right now, is where it's at. So stand with me all over the house. Father, we love you. And we thank you for moments like this. Moments to just simply be able to come and to enter into your presence. To enter in online, to enter in into the house, God, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for brothers and sisters that are willing to stand beside us, pray for us, lift us up. Thank you, God, for the mentors you've put in our lives. Thank you for the story that we have. All of our stories are different, but God, it is our story. And Father, I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that... that you would intentionally line up individuals in our lives to be able to share the gospel message, to be able to share what you've done in our hearts, what you've done in our lives. It is so simple, God, to just tell somebody what you've done in us. Share your story. Share the church and share, most importantly of all, Jesus Christ. Point them to him. So with your heads bowed all over the house, let me ask you a question. For those of you watching online. Has God been messing with you? Has He been knocking at the door of your heart? Saying, hey, are you ready? I'd love to come in and do life with you. I'd love to come in and take up residence in you. I'd love to pour my spirit out upon you. And give you hope. If that describes you in the house today and you've walked in and God's been messing with you, I wonder if you'd be willing to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. He's been messing with me and I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give him my heart. I'm ready to give him my life. I'm tired of doing this thing alone. God, I need you. 
Father, thank you again for moments like this. We love you. We praise you. You've given us a story. Help us to be bold in our faith. Help us to be bold in our approach, not obnoxious, but bold, to tell someone about the hope that you've given to us. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today.